Talk Central is brought to you by TomTom Africa, a leading international enabler of accurate location-based platforms throughout Africa, offering innovative, comprehensive, and high-quality digital maps to businesses and governments. For more information, visit tomtom.co.za slash geospatial. I'm Rehoz Nabad. And I'm Duncan McLeod. This is Talk Central, episode 127 for the weekend starting 5 June 2015. Talk Central is brought to you by Tech Central, where you'll find South Africa's best technology journalism. That's right, Duncan. No headlines like, watch South Africa's best animal impersonator. <laughs> no, no animal impersonators on Tech Central. Only relevant tech news. On Talk Central this week, we talk about FMB's mobile virtual network operator. Also this week, Windows 10, Telcom's uncapped, or is it, LTE service, and the low-cost smartphone wars gather pace. Before we get to all of that, though, we need to pay the bills. We'll be back in just a moment. The Vox Telecom Cloud is the future of business. Developed from the ground up, it's a turnkey, fully managed approach to the cloud. It offers you guaranteed support, a national network with true redundancy, fully managed services across all layers, and most importantly, a single point of accountability. The Vox Telecom Cloud. It's how cloud should be. To find out more about the Vox Telecom Cloud, SMS your name to 45454 or visit voxtelecom.co.za. Standard rate supply. Well, welcome to the show. How's it, Rachel? How's it, Duncan? Thank great. Thanks, yeah. It's been, I think, the last time we recorded the show it was spring and now it's winter. <laughs> <laughs> A little bit of difference in the temperature. Yeah, yeah. indeed. Indeed. But lots to catch up on. Um, mm-hmm. So let's, let's dive into it. Um, uh, have you been following the uh, FMB news this week? Uh, I actually have been a bit. Not that I'm actually interested in moving over, but it's, mm. I find it fascinating that the banks are getting into the space and they seem to be doing so quite happily. Um, I would much rather have them focus on the banking side, but I've, I've heard some good things. Well, it's an interesting move. Um, you're an FMB customer, aren't you? No, actually, I'm not. Are oh, you not? No, I'm not. Oh, you're with Nedbank. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm with FMB. Um, so. I think, I mean, just to recap for anyone who missed the news, I think everyone must know it by now, but just in brief, they've launched, as everyone is expecting them to, uh, an MVNO, um, so similar to Virgin Mobile, but uh, obviously it's going to be on a larger scale than Virgin Mobile, or at least mm. FMB is mm. hoping it will be. Yeah. They're talking about signing up a couple of hundred thousand customers um, in the initial stages. So um, they're, they're, going to, they're offering a full um, a mobile network. They're offering, they've got their own billing uh, platforms, their own customer service platforms, um, and all integrated with um, their um, the, the underpinning underlying network, which is uh, Cell C, uh, mm. and um, yeah, they're launching on the fifteenth of June, um, and you'll be able to as an FNB client. This is only available to FNB clients. Uh, they're pitching it as a value add to, uh, to 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 the banking customers and saying this is not a profit center for the bank, but a um, value add proposition to to keep their customers sweet and to attract other customers mm. from other banks. Mm. Um, Interesting play. I mean, interesting how FMB and other banks, for that matter, are becoming more and more technology companies than traditional yeah. financial services yeah. businesses, yeah. and they're using technology to um, to enhance customer loyalty. And FMB has been doing really well with their devices. I mean, we all know that little factoid that they are the largest selling Apple device or largest selling Apple devices distributor in South Africa. Mm. Um, and and this seems like a natural fit to that for the for the evolution of it. Yeah. Um, I guess the question is. How good is the service? What's the costing? Uh, you know that will obviously play big into to to their customers. Uh, mm. It's not radically cheaper than anyone else. Um, maybe it's a little cheaper than uh, than the the big incumbents, but um, mm. it seems 
pretty much on a par with I think what CLC offers. Uh, but if you buy, so, so I mean, if you buy devices from FMB and you get a SIM card, you'll get some value add out of that, I guess. I guess we still need to see that, but I'm guessing this, the, 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 the cost of the um, devices will be the same as they are now on FMB's mm-hmm. network because they already do that subsidy. Uh, I, I think you find that on the bigger networks, I certainly find it, and I don't do it anymore for this very reason. Um, I'm a Vodacom customer, for example, and I find the price of their handsets has gone, gone through the roof. Mm-hmm. Um, if, you, if you buy a handset cash from Vodacom or even look at the subsidy they're giving you, um, if you can work it out through all the the terms and conditions and yeah. all the rest of it and, and, and what you're paying each month. They, their prices have, have actually gone up quite dramatically. And I think that, um, I think that uh, um, there's, there's value to be had in, um, in, in doing what FMB's done here. Celsius done the same thing, by the way, but mm. um, they're really pushing it hard, FMB. And that's, that's really separating this, the device from the SIM, um, separating the device from the, from the, from the, the airtime. Um, and you're actually going to pay for them separately. There's no integration at all. So okay. you go onto the website, you'll log onto FMB's back end, onto the online banking site, you'll go to the telecoms tab, you'll order, um, you'll order a, a, a SIM, and they'll say, oh, do you want a handset with that? Uh, you say, sure, I'll have a, take a handset with that, you know, order a Samsung Galaxy S6 or whatever. And then they'll say to you, well, this is the cost of it. This is how much you're going to pay it off over the 24-month period as a separate thing to the SIM card and the contract bundle that you're taking okay. or, the, or the prepaid okay. SIM for that matter that you've decided to take the device. So they're two completely separate concepts, and I think it's a good idea, and it's, it's, um, it's, it's, it's more transparent for customers um, and, and therefore a good thing. I was just going to say, when you were explaining that, uh, and it's something I find with one or two other service providers that actually do it very well online, and then Afrias comes to mind. Mm. You know yeah. exactly what you get when you log onto the site. It's got a very good user interface. Yeah. And and if FNB, I mean, if FNB can get this right, it's going to build confidence within you know people that want to take up a new mobile service um, would find more value out of doing something like this because, mm. like you said, everything up front uh, is is there in your face, and the, the mobile network operators don't seem to do that. Oh, if I log exactly. into my MTN account, uh, you know I've. I don't even know what I can do in the back end anymore. I mean, I can cancel some services, but there's nothing really substantial that gives me information about my account. No, in fact, I think, you know, as I was going through the demos with uh, with FNB earlier this week, I, I, that was my, my thinking exactly. This is, I thought this was AfriHost on steroids. Um, and and the, my second thought was, well, why hasn't Vodacom, my current service provider, done this yet? Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, the, the level of control it gives you in the back end um, in terms of what you can do. I think particularly on the, the new flexi uh, month-to-month contracts that, uh, that, that, um, that F&B has announced, where you, you, you can... Um, you, firstly, it's a month to month, so you can cancel whenever you want. Nice. But you can actually change the mixture of your um, of your um, package every month. So if you've determined, oh, actually, I don't need 500 voice minutes a month, you can simply change that down to 200 more voice minutes, say, and the next month you'll be billed equivalent. You'll be billed the lesser amount. That's awesome. Um, and you can you can do this every month, so you can change. If you decide, oh, I'm not getting enough data, and it's the case with usually everybody, um, 500 megs isn't enough. So you just move a slider on the back end of the F&B website saying, I want a gig from next month, and it'll automatically adjust. Brilliant. And then you decide, oh, actually, I'm not really using a gig, so let me slide it back mm-hmm. down to like 750 megs. And um, I, th- I think that's brilliant. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, that, that sort of level of control over your spend, I think, is, 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 is important. And it's, it's something that bigger operators... Um, it's a trick they've missed, I think, in 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 in, in um, keeping their contract customers sweet. And certainly, they've been doing a lot of work in in the prepaid space. We've seen um, these big big reductions in prepaid prices. But I think a lot of consumers are unhappy about the fact that they're not really getting looked after. Mm. Um, whereas the prepaid market is 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 um, is really happy because the prices have come down so, so dramatically. The contract customers are still are still paying through the nose and. Yeah. Um, 
um, perhaps arguably even more so than they were before, um, you know, given an example of Vodacom, the fact mm-hmm. that um, device prices have gone up so much. Yeah, I think looking looking at this uh, looking at this offering from FMB, it's certainly if you look at everything they offer from the devices, you know, to to, mm. to kind of some of their business services that I've looked at, they are becoming a lot more appealing. Um, I mean, if you move to them, you know, you're going to get five to ten services that are executed quite well. Uh, and for looking at the prices, the data also doesn't seem too bad. It's probably a little bit cheaper than than my straight up MTN that I pay on my account. Mm. Um, that's why I moved to Afrios for the data because it was m- uh, much easier to to, to manage. Yeah, um, and also more cost effective. It works. It, it it works very well with obviously the device strategy, and I think um, it's, I think it's almost a natural. More. It's a natural extension of that. I think it is. Yeah. It is. I, I think. It, I think that it, um, the fact that they're on sell C will probably put off quite a few people. Um, mm. You know, there's been a lot of talk in the last year or two about the quality of Celsius network. Um, you know, Celsius claims that that's been fixed. I've been speaking to Celsius customers who say the situation has noticeably improved. But um, I think there's still a lot of concern out there about um, whether you're going to have a lot of drop calls on cell C and whether you're going to be able to make a call or get access to data when you need it. Yeah. Um, I, I don't use cell C actively, so I can't, I, don't, I can't comment on whether their services have improved in the last little while, but certainly they've been spending a lot of money on their network, particularly here in Gauteng, uh, to try and resolve some of the challenges that, that they've been having. Um, have you, have you tried the data yet on this? I mean, what's, what's your data sum? Have you- I have. Um, I've plugged it into an iPhone 6 Plus. Um, the SIM, by the way, comes in three. Uh, it comes. It's a it's a uni SIM for all sizes, oh, nice. so you can just pop out the size you want, including nano, um, and uh, it, that works well. I plugged it into an iPhone six plus, and it worked straight off the bat. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, Celsius doesn't have four G yet, so it was connecting to three G. Okay. But um, just driving around and using it, it's it was fine. Mm-hmm. Um, syncing my mail and you know browsing the web and doing WhatsApp, no problem at all. Nice. Uh, yeah, to me that that almost seems uh, the data part. So if you buy a tablet or something from okay, they do more than tablets now. But if you buy a device like that, which you more than likely are able to do, uh, getting a data sim for that is is just another click away, right? Mm. Um, much easier than trying to go and get a data sim from another operator. Mm. Seems like it's a good fit. Yeah. So lots of little details in it. I encourage you to go and read the story on on, on the site. We had a very uh, detailed um, interview with uh, the CEO of FMB Connect, uh, that's Ravesh Ramlakan, um, in which he's provided a lot of detail about how the service works and um, um, you know some of the things you can do. For example, um, uh, one of the interesting things I thought, thought was uh, well, one, of the, one of the first questions I had was they're going to do this all online, so they'll dispatch your SIM to you. Um, for free uh, via a courier service so you don't have to go to a branch to fetch it Um, so my immediate question was how are you going to RECA that process and the quick response from F&B was well we don't need to RECA because we've already FICA (laughs) (laughs) and FICA FICA subtracts RECA Trump's RECA so uh, they've got all the information you need anyway so there is no need to RECA you and and again if if you're a customer of the bank they should have all the details already right Uh, they do they should have all your stuff already they've got your FICA documents so just making it easier. Maybe that's maybe that's where they're going to pull this off because it's becoming such an easy service to sign up for. Yeah, um, it, it's a no-brainer. If, yeah. if you battle with MTN, Vodacom, or any of the other service providers. Mm. Uh, now, the thing that really I thought was really cool, and I think it's going to appeal to to to, to households, um, you know, parents and children. Um, it allows you to manage the sims for an entire household, so you can order like wow. you can like order like you know. And the household needs a lot of sims, you know. Mm. You know, you personally may have three or four sims. Your wife may have three or four sims. Your kids mm. probably have at least a sim each. 
you you then order these sims from F and B, and then you can manage their usage for, on a sim by sim level. In fact, you can give it each a name, so you can have Johnny's sim, uh, Sarah's sim, wife's sim, whatever, uh, and you can um, you can manage it and say, well, okay, the, the kids can get um, two hundred megs of data a month each if they if they run out. That's their tough luck. Yeah, yeah. Um, they use their pocket money to update. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, I don't think that you could do brilliant. that. They won't have access to the account. But sure, sure. But um, it, it's a, it's a very clever idea, and it, it really allows people to control control their spending and 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 uh, and that sort of thing and keep an eye on what they mm. what they're spending on uh, for, for, for for a family i think it makes a, a huge amount it of makes, sense yeah it makes a lot of sense i mean we know that fmb has already sold a lot of devices buy uh, sold devices to people that buy it for their family i mean yes. the easiest way to get a tablet to your kid is to just fmb yeah buy it the e-bucks exactly yeah. <laughs> which does beg the question though if if, if fmb is able to roll out something as uh, impressive as this mm. why aren't other mobile operators well, why aren't MTN and Vodacom doing it you know what is I can't I, I, tell me that the in, infrastructure doesn't allow them to no. do it. surely they must be able to do something I, I guess they haven't um, they haven't competed with enough with each other sufficiently enough to have warranted them to do this um, I suppose mm. I suppose if one of them had started doing it the others would have reacted I guess this is going to prompt them into developing the proper back end tools that allow their customers to really manage this I know, if, I know Vodacom has been doing um, quite a bit of work in this regard they've got that app uh, the smartphone app sure, and that yes, sort of thing yes. they're, doing, they're doing some work in this area but it's nowhere it, it doesn't come anywhere near to what F&B has done here with this back end system but managing a family that's that's really impressive I like mm. that that is, that is that is a nice feature yeah it's very cool and of course this whole thing is integrated with e-bucks um, and uh, you know F&B Connect users get between 15 and 40% of their mobile spend back in the form of e-bucks yes. so if you're on the top tier of e-bucks and many people are you're going to get forty percent of your mobile spend back in e-bucks, sure. Um, which really reduces the cost of the of the service. That's also impressive. Yeah. Yeah. FMB is definitely creating a little ecosystem that uh, you know people never have to leave. Mm. Once you arrive, you never leave, right? Mm. <laughs> and I think I think e-bucks is actually the under, underlying platform that supports all of this. It's mm. that that gets people interested in it. I mean, um, you know, I, w- I won't mention the banks, but I left another bank uh, a couple of years ago now um, for my for my personal banking. And um, you know, I was getting I was getting charged hundreds of rands a month in service charges, um, and not getting much benefit in return. I now get paid more in e bucks every month than I pay F and B in in, in bank, bank charges. charges. So effectively, um, they pay me to bank with them. Nice, nice. Yeah, we need to see more of this kind of thing for sure. Uh, making it easier for the customer to manage their accounts. Mm. Um, because that'll also curb, I guess it'll curb spending to a degree. But you know, if you're in control of your of your your spend on your online uh, on your sorry on your um, your phone account, you know, it'll make you mm. it'll be such it'll be a lot more fun to use. Really, I mean, if yeah. I know that I don't have to worry about my data bills every month, yeah, um, yeah, or even my phone call. I mean, I don't even know how many minutes I've got left every month. I don't even no. look at that. Yeah, it's this kind of thing, if you're in control of it, allows you to modify it each month and cut your spending. Your usage. And cut your spending. Maybe that's why the other guys aren't doing it because it does allow you to to, to curb your spending. Yeah, and the other guys rely on breakage so much that uh, mm. it's a big percentage of their profit margin. And I take it you get free banking with this too. I mean, online banking doesn't get charged data, right? Um, I, I mean, do you, does, do, you, do you get charged for accessing the... Yeah, I mean, the data used the for banking. usage. Oh, they didn't mention that. So it's, it, they didn't mention that, so I presume you, you are billed for that. Um, they did mention that the, uh, the FMB banking app, you'll be able to make free calls to other FMB banking app users over VoIP. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they've had that already, though. Um, and they've cut the cost of calls um, to from the from the app to any other mo- mobile or fixed line network to thirty nine cents a minute. 
Uh, so that's a work Trump call again, yeah. but that's uh, that's a pretty good deal as well. So if you're mm. sitting, I think that that'll appeal to people in, in sitting in, in 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 Wi-Fi hotspots. Yeah. Um, at home on a DSL connection, thirty nine cents a minute for a phone call. And again, if you have your family on, then you can phone phone your family mm. for, for much cheaper rate. Mm. It, it makes a lot of sense. It's interesting to see if they get, they're able to link the the no, number that they issue you for uh, for your for your SIM to the um, VoIP number that gets appears on people's screens when yeah, they're gone. I wonder if they're yeah. going to be able to do that. I should have asked them that. Um, yeah, it's an interesting one. The other the other interesting aspect is the is the um, porting um, number port number porting. Mm. Um, that's all automatic as well. Nice. Um, so you simply say, "I'd like to keep my number." That you type in your existing number, and they say that the in, in, on average you will have your number ported across the FMB's network within four to five hours. Jeez. Um, maximum of twenty four hours in the worst case scenario, but a- average of four and a half, four to five hours uh, to port your number, and it's all electronic. Don't have to interact with anybody. That's no. brilliant. That is brilliant. Well done. I hope to see to see more of this from the other guys. Yeah. Too, so. No, this is great news, and I think it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna um, I think it's gonna prompt the big incumbent operators to, and funny enough, probably sell C as well, which they're <laughs> riding on to yeah. improve a lot of their um, their services. And and really, I mean, they, I think they're demonstrating here what can be done in terms of mm. uh, a good back end system. Uh, and they've spent a lot of time developing this. Um, you know, they've been talking about doing this for years. Um, and when I was chatting to the CEO of FMB Connect, he said that um, they spent a significant amount of time making sure that this platform was integrated with their core banking system. Um, it's not some sort of you know addition that they've plugged mm-hmm. on. It's mm-hmm. it's actually core code in their Hogan banking system, which runs on their mainframe. Sure. Um, well, again, it begs the question: if if they can do it, why can't the other guys? I mean, this 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 really is a game changer. I mean, look what FMB did when when they introduced banking apps back mm. in the day mm. uh, they really put an entire industry to to kind of yeah, yeah. Get a move on with that kind of thing yeah let's hope let's hope the same uh, same effects uh, happen after this yeah for sure for sure all right um let's talk about let's move on completely and talk about um windows 10 um which i've been running for for ages now and uh, the, the latest builds are really stable yeah yeah um you, you're running it in a vm parallel yeah yeah, yeah yeah i haven't actually updated it because i only use it for a select few applications that i need okay um, but it's running stable and solid and, uh, yeah my next move actually that i want to do this weekend is update my uh, the computer that's plugged into my tv yeah um because i believe the, the home theater stuff and the the, the way it displays yeah. on screen is, is yeah. much more uh, much prettier than yeah. uh, windows 7 yeah interestingly it, it, uh, it plays mkv files natively now nice um so you don't actually have to run VLC anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but we love VLC. <laughs> yeah, true. I've, I've got a soft spot for VLC. So despite that, I still install it. But, so, but, but uh, you can run just about any video file you want nowadays. And there's only one reason that Microsoft could possibly have put MKV support in there mm-hmm. is to run pirated files. Pirated video files. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they are going to do it regardless. Let's just let them do it in our, in our system. In our system, yeah. Um, so uh, we've got a date for the launch at last yeah finally um, and that's soon mm. surprisingly soon uh, and that's the 29th of July um, that's what six weeks away Jeez, just yeah. over six weeks away I think um, and I think the code is almost there um, there's some, some bits and pieces I feel that are clearly not looking feature, co- feature complete yet like the settings pane and the control panel they're kind of they're kind of, I'm not quite sure what Microsoft's trying to do there yet. Um, the the mm-hmm. new settings mm-hmm. menu in, in Windows 10 looks really cool, but sometimes you're dr- drilling around in there and suddenly it pops back to the old control panel, which looks a bit yeah. outdated. Uh, I presume that the plan is to eventually have everything in the settings menu. Um, well, you can only imagine that they would keep some of that back for the final release uh, and not you know, not give you 
give you everything that looks as good as what the final... You, know, you need to look forward to something, I yes. guess, <laughs> yeah. to the tweaks. The most interesting thing for me is that um, the, the Windows Insider program, uh, which you sign up for when you, um, when you install the technical preview, is going to continue after the release of Windows 10. Um, it's going to be made a permanent thing. Um, so if, you're a, if, you, if you like to get the, the, the updates first... Um, if you're a geek like I am, mm. I want to I want to play with the latest stuff before it comes out. So yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just going to carry on running the inside of pre, uh, the um, Windows yes, Insider program yes, technical yes. previews. I'm 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 not actually going to bother to uh, install the release to manufacturing version of Windows 10. <laughs> <laughs> so will they? So with that program, I mean, if you, I mean, with your with your installation of Windows 10, won't it get updated to the final release automatically? Or will that remain think, a technical preview? I, I think it will remain a technical preview. I stand to be corrected on that, but I, okay, think, I, okay. I don't think it will get the RTM release. Interesting. It's, it's good to see Microsoft really embracing the, the, the techie community. I mean, we've, yeah. you know, if, we, if we think about how we were brought up with computers, I mean, Windows has been that center point. Mm. You know, we've, we can you know, fiddle with every part of the operating system, and now they're actually... Seemingly embracing yeah. people doing that. It's almost like an o- it's becoming more like an open source model, isn't it? In and you can also, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I've in a similar vein, I can talk about uh, Office. I mean, there's a lot of upgrades for the new Office 2016 for Mac, but mm. it is such a pleasant experience mm. to to be able to be part of this this early program of it, even yeah. though you know it's still in pre-release version. It, yeah. It's it's great to be able to do that. Yes, know, yes. Officially, without having to to torrent a uh, leaked version of mm. an early preview or something mm. um, yeah I mean in the past you you know Windows would release the new you know Microsoft would release a new version of Windows and you'd totter off to the local retail store and buy it and install it and that was mm. your experience of the new version you never saw anything that happened yeah, behind the scenes yeah, yeah. Um, now, now you've got Microsoft developers running blog posts and mm. you know um, you know updates daily updates on what's going on in the development team I and that sort it. of thing I love it um, I had an interesting chat with someone from Microsoft this week actually who said that um, I forget the figure I think they Today, that they've, Microsoft has received eight hundred thousand pieces of individual feedback from uh, Windows Insider wow. users in helping develop the software, uh, and a lot of those have come from enterprise users who are saying, "Well, you know, we'd love to see this feature, or you know, nice. whatever." And this doesn't work, and this works. I mean, yeah. that, that's invaluable, actually. If if, if Windows, if, if Microsoft is trying to to relaunch Windows to you know to be something completely different to what it was before, mm. user input is imperative because mm. we know what's happened with. Well, I mean, we. We know the story of what happened with Windows 8 and, and how people loathed some of those features. Mm. Uh, if, if they had a program like this for it, they would have had that feedback. Yeah. And this is what could potentially make Windows 10, you know, that operating system that we know Windows 4 being, mm. you know, the best platform. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, it's, it's going um, to be interesting to see what sort of adoption it has. Um, I think it's going to be good given that... Uh, Windows 7 and Windows 8.1 users get a free update in the first 12 months. Mm. Um, I think there's been a bit of confusion about the, uh, what that means, actually. Um, apparently, you're going to have to have a legitimate copy. <laughs> I'm not sure how they're going to test that, but um, you're going to have to have a legitimate copy of Windows 7 or Windows 8.1. Mm. Uh, and, um, and you have to update in the first 12 months. Um, but my understanding is that it's, it will then be free. You'll get free updates for the lifetime of your device. Oh, that's brilliant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But I, I heard initially that they were going to update everybody, even if you didn't have a legitimate copy of it. I'd heard that as well. I'd heard that as well. I'm, it's, I Maybe think it was it's, a rumor. it's a bit unclear at this stage whether um, whether all those hundreds of millions of um, of pirated copies in China are going to get updated. <laughs> <laughs> um, it'd be interesting if they do decide to just do a blanket update. Mm. It would be definitely be to the benefit uh, of the platform. Mm. You know. 
I mean, if they're going to be giving it away for free, it makes sense that yeah. you, you just extend that. Yeah. Um, but we'll have to wait and see, I guess. Yeah. I, I suspect, though, because of that free update offer, it's going to be the, the fastest accepted version of Windows in history. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and I think people, a lot of people didn't, didn't go to Windows 8. Um, I think a lot yeah. of people were put off by yeah. the lack of a start menu and the tile-based interface. Um, it, it was a very radical move for Microsoft to, yeah. to do away with the start menu. It's back in Windows 10, although it looks, it's kind of a hybridized Windows 7 and Windows 8 um, with tiles in the start menu. Um, but it looks good. Mm, um, it does. It, it, does. Looks, it looks really nice. I think they've done a good job with the, uh, with the OS. Um, it's, it's still very clearly Windows. Mm. Um, and I think, it's, I think Windows 8, in many respects, was a, was a knee-jerk reaction to the rise of the iPad. Yeah. At the time, the iPad was 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 selling like hotcakes. It was in the, in the ascendancy, um, and I think Microsoft was panicked. Mm. Uh, they they saw this device from Apple possibly, you know, stealing a large portion of their business. Um, I think that's turned out to be uh, somewhat unfounded. Mm. In fact, Apple's uh, iPad sales have gone into reverse. Um, it's still a hugely. I mean, there's a huge market for iPad, but um, it's not. It's not a PC killer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I think Microsoft at one stage was probably worried about. Um, and, and I think that's why we saw such an aggressive move to yeah. a touch-first, uh, tile-driven interface. It was really designed for tablets more than desktops. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, um, and, and Microsoft kind of, you know, it was, it was kind of almost, uh, Microsoft was kind of saying, screw you to their, um, their traditional keyboard and mouse users. Um, which is their main market. Mm, um, mm. And they've come back, they've, 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 they've come back a long way from that, uh, a radical change, and you know, I think, I think Windows Windows Ten is, is is probably closer to what they would have would probably intended to do in the first place, um, and it's certainly I think a lot clearer to, to users what they're trying to do now in terms of the mixture of legacy and and and, and universal apps. Yeah, exactly. And with the input from uh, all those beta testers, it, it really going to result in a solid, solid performing operating system. I think uh, mm. without. A lot of those things that Windows 8 was criticized for. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Um, I think that it's, it's funny how, Mike, we've spoken about this before, Microsoft seems to go through these waves. They have mm. a good release, a bad release, a good release, a bad release. Yeah. Um, I suspect this is going to be one of the releases that, um, you know, 15 years from now, they're going to be struggling to get people off, like they're struggling to get people off Windows XP at the moment. Yeah. Uh, I, think, I think it's going to be a really popular release. I agree, I agree. But uh, didn't they also say that this will be the last version of Windows that you install? Because yes. every upgrade from here will be an incremental version, right? Yes. Or, or some shape of that. That's right. Which I think is great. That's how you need, you know, don't force people into changing an entire operating system. I mean, we know with devices, that's just not viable. Yeah. Uh, give me a good update and... Uh, or allow the platform to be updated in components yes. so that you can change certain things. Yeah, yeah. There, there probably will never be a Windows 11. Yeah, exactly, uh, exactly. It'll exactly. be Windows 365 or something. Yeah. <laughs> Windows Or just Windows 10. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, they'll probably drop 10 at some point. They yeah. may just call it Windows. Yeah. Windows as a service. Or, uh, no, it's good to see Microsoft getting back to that. And in fact, I may, may go back to running Windows full, uh, you know, permanently on my, uh, on my Mac. Mm. Um, it, really, it really is that good. Yeah. All right. So uh, yeah, six weeks until the final release. Um, go and reserve your copy now. But seriously, if you um, if you if you're keen to play around, just go and download the download the technical preview. It's stable. You can run it on a production machine without any hassles. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I've been running it for months. I had some issues initially. There was a problem I had with one of the with with a driver for my uh, graphics card. 
but that was quickly resolved and um, you know it's it's rock solid now yeah yeah um, also check out the new web browser called Edge oh yes um, which has got a very controversial icon I think have you seen it <laughs> no I actually uh, haven't I must, uh, let me show it to you quickly it's uh, let me just dig it out go, go and have a look if you're listening to the to the podcast um, it's, uh, it's it's kind of a, 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 a I don't, I don't know, internet explorer I, I don't know what Microsoft was thinking here but I mean it kind of looks like a devil's tail on top <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's kind of a skewed version of the E from Internet Explorer um I can only guess that they did that to, to not uh, confuse too many of the old Internet Explorer users, I guess. I yeah. Mean, you know, it looks similar. I mean, my mom always looks at the e-icon and tells me that you know, the e-icon doesn't launch. Mm. Maybe it's obviously deliberate. Because, you know, I think a lot of people, a lot of lay users who didn't follow tech news, they won't, they won't know there's a new browser in Windows 10 called mm. Edge. Mm. It's going to be the default browser in Windows 10, though, so they're going to see this in their task tray when the operating system installs and they'll see the E and they'll think, oh, there's Internet Better Explorer Google. and they'll run it and they'll think it's Internet Explorer but they're actually running Microsoft Edge. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's why they've done this. Why their logo yeah, looks so similar. Yeah, yeah. I, I would imagine. To, to, yeah, to prevent uh, alienating Because otherwise Granny's going to sit down in front of her computer she's going to see some brand new logo for Microsoft Edge she's going to go, where's Internet Explorer? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. And then she'll, I go, agree. she'll go into the start menu and she'll find Internet Explorer and she'll start using that instead of the new one. <laughs> I suspect that's the thinking yeah, behind this. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but it's a controversial sure. logo. So, someone says, yes, it looks like a hammer and sickle. Uh, <laughs> uh, it looks like a telephone, actually, that the top part of it, if you look at the I, thought it, I actually thought it looked like Zoom is showing it. It'll never be the same. <laughs> but it's a weird logo, to, to put it mildly, but yeah, uh, maybe yeah. it'll get people talking. No, I think it's to keep a bit of that legacy. To not I think so. a lot of, uh, I think that's exactly what yeah, it is, yeah. yeah. Um, I must admit, I haven't been using Edge. I filed it, fired it up a couple of times and it poked around in it, but uh, went straight back to Chrome. Yeah, mm. Chrome is where it's at. Yeah, um, I, I don't think uh, you know. I don't think I'll be using Edge until I may use it as a secondary browser from time to time, mm. um, like I use Firefox now. Um, but but I don't think I'll be using it as a primary browser until the plugins are there and you know everything all the support. I think. Yeah, I agree. Mm. I agree. Cool. So. Um, Lots of excitement earlier this week when Telcom announced, put out a press release uh, announcing that um, they're going to introduce uncapped LTE. Um, and I think a lot of people got very excited, especially when they saw the price. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they let me bring the story up here because there's, there's a, a detail. There's a but. There's a big but, unfortunately. Um, but it's not necessarily a deal-breaking but. No, I agree. <laughs> um, <laughs> they announced, and I'm just bringing it up on my screen here, that um, they're going to offer, this is on a 24-month contract, uh, they're going to offer uncapped um, LTE, so that speeds of up to 90 megabits a second. So that seems to exclude its LTE advanced network, which mm -hmm. they've rolled out in a few suburbs. Um, and um, they're going to offer discounts uh, to first uh, uh, to first comers. So um, for each base station where this is being offered, uh, the introductory offer starts at five ninety nine for the first fifty customers. Oh wow! Okay, yeah. And then it goes to six hundred and ninety nine for the second fifty customers. And then seven hundred ninety nine rand for the final fifty customers. And they're only going to make one hundred and fifty. Um, spaces available at each base station. To oh, wow, that's interesting. To prevent, um, you know, t overloading the base station. Yeah. Which yeah. is a lot about what are the limitations of uh, wireless technology. It does, it does. But, um, well, if, you, if you're living close to a base station, this is a, a very good solution. I am very tempted to get this, even though I have DSL. 
Um, my DSL speeds at home are, are limited because of the distance from the exchange. Um, Telcom is talking about possibly rolling out fiber in this area, but they've made no commitment yet. Mm-hmm. Um, the only worry I have here is the 24-month commitment. But yeah. but uh, five ninety nine a month, if I'm in those first 50 customers for an uncapped, in inverted commas, solution, um, seems like a pretty good deal for um, theoretical download speeds of 90 megabits a second and theoretical upload speeds of 25 megabits a second. Yeah, that's very impressive. But but you have to ask, I mean, we, we know the, the, the caveat with... Uh, uncapped. Yeah. Where do they throttle you? Where where's going? Where's the limitation? So I asked Cellcom for the details on this, and they came back surprisingly quickly with um, all the terms and conditions. Um, and um, t- the short version is that um, basically you can use 50 gigabytes of data on anything you want. Um, but if you once once you've used 50, they're going to actually measure the amount of data you use for services like Usenet downloads and BitTorrent uh, up to 50 gig. And those protocols will then be shaped down to 128 kilobits a second uh, for the remainder of the month. Um, the, uh, so, but the, all other services will be available at full speed. So you'll still be able to um, browse the web, stream Netflix, um, watch YouTube, listen mm-hmm. to music, etc. at the full line, line speed. Um, but um, your, your certain services, specifically um, BitTorrent-based services like uh, you know, uh, BitTorrent, yeah, yeah. your peer-to-peer type services. And I, I think a lot of people use um, Usenet these days to um, do download content as well through, mm-hmm. through applications mm-hmm. like SickBeard. Um, I think they're, they're specifically trying to target those guys. Um, Which is understandable, and I don't blame them for doing that, actually. I mean, mm-hmm. if, if, I'm a, if I'm a subscriber to this service, I don't want this my LTE tower or wherever I'm connecting to to fall over because some guy is, yeah. is you know yeah. overusing his, yeah. uh, his allocation so and if 50 gigs a lot for, for average users it is for BitTorrent yeah uh, and for, for you know if you're um, if, if you're uh, if, you, if you don't BitTorrent mm. then this is ideal that is that is ideal um, and let's face it you know, probably the majority of, of internet users out there don't BitTorrent mm. yeah um, true true um, but you say Netflix will be a service like Netflix won't be throttled. Apparently, it's Netflix will work fine even after the fifty gig uh, cap kicks in. Okay. So you'll okay. skip Netflix at full speed. Um, the only limitation is going to be on um, is on is on BitTorrent, basically on BitTorrent traffic and, and yeah, one or two other protocols. But streaming will work fine. Brilliant, brilliant. You know that that does look like a good offering. The only downside for me is a twenty-four month uh, contract you yeah. have to sign. But yeah. But they do supply you with a free um, modem, and they come and install an antenna on your roof and point it at the nearest tower. Oh, wow. Okay, so you're going to get good service, even if you're not directly under a LTE yeah. Uh, umbrella. Yeah. And so, I mean, acro- hmm. across the road from home, I've got, a, I've got a Telco mobile tower. I actually have infrastructure on my roof already to, to point at this tower, so... Um, you know, uh, there's a, I may go for this. I may go for this and keep the DSL. <laughs> yeah, why not? You should be an early doctor. Just do it. Then. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but it, I mean, at five ninety nine, I'm trying to trying so to. So you're looking at a twenty four month contract. You're looking at what? It's five thousand, six thousand, twelve thousand rand commitment, basically. Okay. Just over twelve, thirteen thousand rand commitment. Look, unless anything dramatically better comes your way, mm-hmm. I, I guess if you get fiber within those two years, you might not be as happy when that arrives. <laughs> but. True. Uh, um, but it's nice as a backup as well. For the average user, this is for five ninety nine. I'd probably be more reluctant if I had to get the six ninety nine or seven ninety nine. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'll probably make sure I'm on their website early that morning too. Yeah, yeah. Be one of the first to sign up for it. Um, how's fiber going in your area, by the way? 
Well, we just heard recently that uh, the suburb of Blair Gowies, we've just uh, done a voting on, on between Vumatel and uh, Fatherhoods. So okay. obviously those are the two providers that, that are pitching for us, uh, for the neighborhood. Um, majority of people seem to be leaning towards Vumatel because okay. uh, there's some sensible guys in the neighborhood that, 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 that have been saying to us that... Uh, no, the only downside with fiber hoods is it's aerial fiber, uh-huh. um, which it's not a bad thing. But I, I think if you're going for longevity of the of the infrastructure, mm. putting it in the ground is is probably your best bet because mm. nothing is nothing's going to be more expensive. Though. It is more expensive, but at the end of the day, if if, if that service is still going to be, or that fiber is still going to be untouched within five, six, seven years, mm. you know, your aerial fiber. I don't know. I guess you can argue it both ways, mm. but uh, it doesn't really matter. Either one of those would be great as long as we can get. You know, yeah. hundred meg speeds at home. I'll be, I'll be happy. <laughs> or at least fifty. Yeah, depending yeah. on the budget. Yeah. Anyway, hoping to hear something from Telcom soon. But it's, yeah, I may go for this LTE solution. It's just the it's the upload speed that appeals to me. Yes, yes, that is that is the thing. I mean, even with fiber, if you look at it, I mean, you get what I think it was ten meg up at the max. Mm. With with LTE, you get more, which is yeah. It depends which type of fiber you're using, of course. Sure, sure. Um, but I mean, that's the service that they're offering. So yeah, they're yeah. limited to yeah. ten meg up. I think. Sure, sure. Yeah, so yeah, go check that out if you uh, want to sign up for um, for the Telcom LTE uh, uncapped and inverted commas offer. I think it is fair to call it uncapped, actually. It's, yeah, you know, it's it's uncapped except for the BitTorrent protocol, basically. Which is which is really fun. I mean, let's be honest to you. Yeah, if you can stream some stuff and if the YouTube and stuff like that doesn't get throttled, I think yeah. I mean, yeah. you'll still get the benefit of that. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, let's move on to our um, let's move on to our winner and loser segment uh, this week. Um, I think I went. Um, I had a poke around the website to see uh, see who was deserving this week, and I think um, I think uh, Dark Fiber Africa deserves a shout out uh, for their announcement that in, by the end of this financial year, which is March 2016, so nine months from now, uh, they're going to they want to roll out um, fiber broadband to 20,000 businesses around South Africa. Wow, that's quite a commitment. Yeah, yeah, um, and that's a big step up in investment for them. And I think we'll have a big impact on uh, on businesses that get it. Twenty thousand is a big number mm. for business customers. So there are winner this week, Dark Fiber Africa. Well done for that investment. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think our losers this week uh, just have a pick on them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, in light of the FMB MVNO launches, Vodacom and MTN for not embracing MVNOs. Um, they've they've been very reluctant. I mean, they're they're allergic to the idea of MVNOs, pretty much like they've been allergic to the idea of dual SIM phones. Um, <laughs> And I think that they're being—they're putting their heads in the sand. Um, and I think that uh, you know, with, if if and B starts to take off, and isn't, I, I think they will. Um, I think that they—they they will come around at some point soon. Yeah. MTN probably first. Uh, I'm guessing. Um, but I would also like to add something to that. Uh, we mentioned this earlier. In my books, they're also losers for 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 not developing the back end portals for users yeah. to effectively manage their accounts. Agreed. Agreed. That's we, we you know we've had this in other services for mm. two or three years now. Mm. There's no reason why. I mean, the technology is yeah. especially not you know introducing month to month flexible contracts where you can change what you want on a month to month basis. Yeah, now, that's exactly. a real winner from F and B. And yeah, um, I think well deserved losers for uh, for uh, letting a bank show them how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Those banks. Cool. What's your pick this week, Greta? So the the, the the toy that I've been playing with for the last few days, and it's not launched, it'll only be uh, available towards the middle of the month. Yeah. Um, and, and let me just put a disclaimer in. I do do some work for a company that sells this. Um, 
but I still stand by my opinion because I think it is is it's a very handy device. It's called the Garmin NuviCam. Um, and what Garmin has done is they've essentially combined a dash camera with a five-inch uh, navigation device, so in-car navigation device. What makes this interesting is the fact that you can now, having a dash cam combined with your GPS um, gives you a few, few bits of functionality that I think is quite fascinating. Uh, lane assist, so you can, you know, when you deviate off a lane, it'll warn you. Um, when you get to your destination, it actually overlays on the, on your screen your where your destination is. So you, you can actually see a real-time video feed as you're driving down the road. Um, it'll have a little flag in the property that you want to drive into, essentially. Okay. Um, and when you play back, so when you put this, uh, put the... When you download this to your computer, you can actually have the map and your video feed overlaying. So you can actually, and I think for companies, this could be quite an interesting thing because you can see where the driver's driving, how they're driving, and you can see uh, a video feed of their driving. Um, it's an interesting device. It's, I've only been playing with it for about three days now. So, you know, it'll, I'd like to see some more or more of the functionality. But for now, if, if you, and then there's a lot of people still, you'd be surprised how many people actually have in-car navigation devices still. Um, I like the fact that there's, there's a dash cam in here. So, yeah, the Nuvi cam, uh, worth checking out. It's going to go for about 4999. So it's, it's, That's a good price. Yeah, it's not bad. Um, and it's, it's much it's larger a huge than... screen. Yeah, yeah it's, it's massive. It's massive. Yeah. Um, I'm, still, I'm still a big fan of Google Maps, but I found using this, you know, not having to... You know, having everything... Because I've got a dash camera in my car now, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a lot less uh, painful to, to navigate where I want to go. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Good. I've got two picks this week, actually. Um, the first one is a service uh, that, I, that I tried out um, in, in recent weeks that, that worked um, really well uh, with, with one or two minor hiccups. And it's something called Aramex Global Shopper, A-R-A-M-E-X Global Shopper. Um, it's a very cool service. It, um, they allow you to, um, you subscribe to it, you pay a once-off fee, I forget what it is now, it's a small amount. They then give you a. Uh, um, they then give you addresses in um, physical addresses in in a range of markets around the world. I think there are fifteen of them or something like that. Um, in the U.S., the U.K., all over Europe, Asia, whatever. Um, and you can then shop at um, any of your favorite online stores, like Amazon in the U.S., for example, which doesn't deliver a lot of stuff to South Africa. Um, and you can order the stuff, and you can have it sent to your address in New York, uh, and then Aramex picks up the logistics from there and has it delivered to your house. Oh wow! Wherever you want it delivered to in uh, in South Africa, and it, it works it works incredibly well. Um, so I needed a, I wanted a new SSD for my desktop, um, so I ordered one from Amazon, a Samsung Pro 850 SSD, 256 gig, beautiful uh, mm-hmm. beautiful little device, uh, and I ordered it from Amazon, and um, I, I was I got great notifications from Amazon as you'd expect saying yeah, yeah. you know your product has been I selected surface shipping in the US they said it would take a few extra days I didn't mind yeah, yeah. Um, so it was free shipping for free shipping to New York Amazon notified me that it was there then Aramex notified me that they'd received this delivery from uh, from Amazon and it would be dispatched to you shortly um, and about I don't know it was probably about a, just over a week later I get a notification um, or I'm tracking it rather via the Aramex website because they've got a great tracking facility on there and I see it's arrived in Johannesburg, um, and it's, it tells you what what process it's going through, and then it says um, clear, it says clearing customs. Um, so I left it, um, and you know, but but about three or four days later, it still said uh, clearing customs. Um, so I thought, no, something's something's not going right here. So mm-hmm. I, I contacted them through the through the um, 
uh, website and uh, and they said, oh, there's a um, payment that's due and they hadn't notified me about this. So there was a bit of a hitch there. Um, so I, I'd already paid them for the delivery, which came to, I don't know, it was like, I think it was 200 Rand or something. Well, no, it was less than that, I think. And, and then and then there was, I had to pay the, the taxes on this device, which amounted to, I think, 250 or 300 Rand. Sure, sure. Um, and then once I paid the taxes, it was cleared immediately. And then, then the next, literally the next day, it was delivered to me. Wow. Uh, so apart from the little hitch at the customs, it... Um, it worked. Uh, it worked absolutely brilliantly. Um, I see they used Postnet as well. Is that right? Um, that may be the, South Africa. I think that may be the, the fulfillment partner on the ground in South Africa, which is better than the postal service. Let's be honest. Yes, no, you don't want it to land here and be put into the post office. No, it'll never get to you. Because that to me is very appealing. If I know if I can touch the South African post office, no, no, it uh, doesn't. Side of it. Yeah. This, this is a very cool service. Yeah. Yeah. So what, about a week from uh, ordering, two weeks? It was about three weeks in total, I'd okay, say. Okay. Yeah. So it wasn't the world's fastest, but it's select the slowest shipping method from, from Amazon. It's uh, still more reliable because basically you've but, got eyes on it all the way. Exactly. From, from So it worked well. I'd recommend it. It's, and the fact is you get, you get a whole range of addresses around the world. So if you want to order something from Japan, you have it sent to your Japanese postbox. If you um, order something from Australia, you have it sent to your Australian postbox or whatever the nearest country is that you have a postbox awesome. yeah. uh, or a delivery point at um, uh, and it works really well and what's cool about it is I mean there's some, so much stuff cool stuff out there that you want to get your hands on um, at least at a decent price that you just can't get in this country um, but you can get it on these online stores that don't necessarily ship here yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Amazon is a classic example no this this looks like a good solution I've got a few things actually I need to order I'll definitely try them out yeah give them a, give them a run it's well worth checking out their, their local website is um, aramex.ca.za so go and, uh, go and have a look at them and they're obviously a global global company they're global right? they're com- I think they're a global company yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah very nice great um, my second pick this week is a rather remarkable new smartphone um, and that's the LG G4 which I've been playing around with all, all week this I week. Can you hear the angels sing now? <laughs> um, I, the most amazing thing about this phone is the screen. That is impressive. It's um, impressive. it is it is the brightest screen I've seen on a smartphone to date, and uh, it's a 2K display like the G3 before it. But somehow LG has just squeezed out the more. It seems to have squeezed out more pixel density into this thing, even though the screen size is about the same. Um, but it's it's a really beautiful, beautifully designed phone. Unfortunately, I've got the one with the plastic back. There's a slightly more expensive. Uh, version with um, with a leather back, which um, according to people I've spoken to have used it, and the reviews I've seen online of it is the one to get. Mm. It comes in different um, different colored uh, leather materials, um, but it's a gorgeous looking phone. And I think that the um, I think that LG had a a, a, um, a real uh, challenge on its hands bettering the G the, uh, the G3, yeah, yeah. which was already a re- very good phone. The G2 before that was a good phone as well. Um, but I think they managed to do it. This is a real contender, I think, for smartphone mm. of the year. Mm. Oh, yeah, definitely. I've seen some good reviews around there. It's the first time I've actually held it in my hands and looked at it, and it, it's it's one of the most beautiful phones I've seen in a very long time. Yeah, HTC should take a note from their book, uh, improving their model with each generation, mm. not, not taking features away. But um, yeah, no, my only, my only um, criticism of this phone is the battery life, um, which is not great. Um, you know, I, I think that on a heavy day's use, you're going to have to plug it in before the end of the day, sure. uh, which you don't on devices like the iPhone 6 Plus and the Sony Xperia Z3, which easily last at the end of the day. This mm-hmm. one needs to be plugged mm-hmm. in. So uh, hopefully they'll um, address some of that with, with future software updates. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and one thing I have to um, give LG credit for is, is bringing out new versions of Android uh, faster than many of their competitors. And I think they're able to do that because it's a very, very basic Android skin. 
Um, they basically just add a widget with the, oh, yeah. <laughs> with, the, the, the with the weather and time on it, and do one or other two minor tweaks to to it. But it's a very it's very close to native lollipop. Um, and I, I think the fact that they, they don't tweak it too much, they don't put too much of an overlay on top of it, allows them to bring out the new updates quite quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, hopefully this one will see Android M on it uh, not too long after it release. Yeah. Yeah. Impressive, very impressive. I may have to upgrade. Is F&B, do F&B have them? I can get all my stuff there apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't checked, but uh, well worth checking out. Yeah. Cool. Well, and that's the extended show for this week. Um, hopefully, we'll be back sooner than we were <laughs> this time around. Um, uh, as always, if you've got any feedback, we'd love to hear from you. Send us a mail at info at techcentral.ca.ca or leave a comment on this entry. Um, from Rechel and myself, until next time, take care. Ciao, ciao. Ciao. ciao.